This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Bob Camp, co-creator of The Renaissance Show, and you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. This week, I give my thoughts on the latest Nintendo Indie World Showcase. Netflix is making an attempt to bring Mega Man to life. We then enter the puzzling world of Shovel Knight's Pocket Dungeon, and in our final stage, we take an empathetic journey in the award-winning game, Life is Strange, True Colors. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. everybody and welcome to another game-filled episode of select start i am your host xavier Josiah. got a lot of news to talk about some things to review and happy friday uh this is a big weekend for people uh we got the witcher is out right now on netflix we got the weekend where we are going to be able to see spider-man no way home which i have so far avoided any spoilers on social media i'm not even on social media for that matter like i'm on my acmg facebook group and that's like switzerland to me because i control that environment so nobody is saying anything about it on that group and nobody's trying to until i put out the post that will allow people to you know talk about what they thought and, and just you know go all havoc on the movie and what they thought about the movie so i'm going to see it on saturday i can't wait uh, it's going to be awesome i i peaked at reviews results on this so um, seems like it's good i'm looking forward to checking it out so a lot of great things too um speaking of which gotta give a big shout out to my man mega ran just uh, always doing something new always having something milestone and monumental mega ran the the one and only mega ran who you hear every week on the prime show he actually i'm just gonna plug him now i'm gonna plug him on sunday as well because i'm gonna talk about it actually a little bit more on sunday but congratulations to him his book, Dream Master, that uh, was released uh, a while back on Hardback, is now on Audible. So now you can listen to the book. And I, I was, I just got back from the barbershop myself, and I was listening to it on the way there and back. Just the first chapter alone, it is absolutely you got to check it out. If you haven't got the hard paperback, or if you don't like, you know, reading hard paperback or digital you got to get the audible he's narrating the entire thing he also has a very special guest on air i will talk about that uh on sunday as well so it's even fitting that i talk about that book on sunday because it's going to be our 300th episode um which he is very well a part of thanks to his contributions to the show and i, I just can't i cannot wait to really get down and talk about that and listen more about uh to this book because it's just it's great but go anyway check it out it's available now on audible raheem jarbo dream master go out of your way and check it out i tried to type in mega ran it didn't come up but raheem jarbo will come up dream master will come up you'll be able to get it there go out of your way check it out so in gaming news here we got a, a lot to talk about here um 
very interesting. We're going to talk about Nintendo. Uh, as always, we're going to talk about my Nintendo year review stats, which I got an email with, which I found astounding uh, with the information that they gathered based upon my play hours <laughs> such. And uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things, too. So let's get started with Nintendo's Indie World Showcase. I won't go into detail of everything because in I love indie games. I love the indie grow the indie game world. It's an amusement of art. Um, I was about to say amusement park of art, but I, that's not even remotely a proper appropriate or, or even the right thing to say. Doesn't make sense. Um, it's an amalgam of artistic gameplay. I'll put it like that. And there's a different type of you know artistic form of gameplay within everything, and it's not always for everybody. But there's always something in there that always somebody will come out of it and it's it's usually really good uh the things that i took out of this showcase was cs stars which was a you know jrpg or japan rpg inspired you know prequel from the guys who brought you uh it's a prequel to the messenger which is crazy <laughs> so um you got the guys who created the messenger who was a part of this and let me tell you i'm not usually a jrpg fan but this game looks so awesome visually it looks beautiful it looks stunning uh the pixel art looks insane here and i i am all for this i may actually invest in this because I, and i like the messenger the messenger was cool was very comedic it was action-packed um it was dope it was a great little ninja guidance s type of you know game but now they're doing a prequel and we're going to get to see a new different development under a new different play style your normal deep classic rpg you're gonna see this on uh next holiday of 2022 and also note that the music uh that is composed in this is by uh yasunori uh Mitsu masuda who is the person who's behind the chronos trigger uh music musical score so i mean you can't get a little bit any more you know fanfare than that I, I love what they're doing with this. It's going to be interesting. I might actually go out of my way to check it out next year, even though I'm not really a turn-based RPG fan of any type, and I have played and beat some JRPGs. Um, Final Fantasy VII, I just had to out of respect. I'm so glad I finally got uh, kicked that out of my, uh, my gaming bucket list. So I, it just looks interesting. I, I, may, I may actually jump on this. The only real game that I jumped out of my seat for when I saw it was more footage from River City Girls 2. Um, I was so ecstatic for this. If you guys remember, I got the I got uh, the two people from Way Forward on the show to talk about River City Girls 1, and I will go out of my way to try to get them back on the show uh, when we get closer to the release of this game, which will be the summer of 2022. Now we see more footage of uh, Marion from uh, Drag from Dr uh, Double Dragon, who's a playable character. There's a lot of new characters in there. There's now uh, some new co-op plays going on here. The city's bigger. The locations are new. Um, new fighting moves and techniques are going to happen here. They, they're adding a lot to the table. This is one of the dopest Kunio Khan games I've ever played and it is so absolutely freaking awesome i was very happy to get those guys on the show to talk about it and um it was it was just a, it was a great game I, it was one of my most enjoyed games on the nintendo switch i mean that's absolutely 
the truth. Uh, Bannon Reed, uh, Riddis was uh, was on the uh, game video um, showcase for this and talking about it. And um, Adam Tarrany, no, but it was another. Um, it was, I believe, she might have been. I would have to go back. She might have been the person responsible for the music for the uh, game. But Bannon Reedus, who actually was on the show, on my show to talk about river city girls too it was just awesome i'm so glad that they are doing a sequel and i hope that it just goes even further than that. i think this game deserves its own damn cartoon series or anime or whatever it's that damn good i so much enjoyed this and i'm looking forward to it this is basically honestly one of the best things that i've actually you know went and got uh when i got from i took out of this deal i was like really not excited for anything else in there even though there was some pretty good stuff there amari seem pretty good uh so i you know it that's gonna be a pretty good deal um alicia uh the oh what is this the oblivion of twin goddesses was announced uh locomotive i'm actually interested in too locomotive is a point and click adventure that's also a murder mystery uh in a train i also love the fact that they call it locomotive so it is a play on that as well that's also coming out summer 2022 uh it, you know it's one of those um those quirky little obscure type of titles that I normally would get into. I love the art style, which kind of mimics that of, you know, River City Girls in some case. It has that same pixel art style that uh, that collects with it, too. And there's a, a, apparently a whole entire it's it's going to be um, it's going to have it's going to be voiced by uh, actors throughout the entire game. So that is also an intriguing thing as well. So I'm looking forward to that. After Love EP has been announced. Um, which is like a, um, about, um, they say it's a modern day story of music and love. Um, it's about a young mu uh, musician named, uh, Rama who loses, uh, his girlfriend and he is working to, uh, regain himself in, uh, a game that combines a visual novel with a rhythm game. So you have that. It's for mostly those, those type of point and click type of games as well. Dungeon Munchies was announced. Figment 2, Creed Valley, uh, let's play Oink by Oink Games. Uh, Endling Extinction is forever. Uh, you play a, f believe a fox. You're you're a fox going on a journey. From there, you're going through all these, you know, different obstacles and adventures to get to point A to point B, pretty much. Uh, Ali Ali World is uh, scheduled to come out. They brought in new footage for that. They was that was announced previously. A while ago but you now more developments have come in for that and it looks like it has a date of february 8th too so for those who've been looking forward to uh finally getting their hands on that game you won't have to wait too long for that um chikori a colorful tale was also announced uh timeline also and that's pretty much it with that it wasn't anything you know too extravagant or really really big but i think the biggest thing for me i can't speak for everybody else but for me river city girls 2 should have been the top marquee for this game like i don't think nintendo understand how really awesome or big of a deal this game is for people they got a great response for this you know what's even funny too because not only did i do that did i do an interview with those two with the um with adam tyranny and um norma um and uh bannon riddis but also when i reviewed the game because i designed all my promos for everything I also did a tribute to a Madonna tribute using the River City Girls. It was a desperately seeking Susan. One of my, fa I, I still say one of my favorite 
designs that I did because it, you know, thanks to, you know, way forward and the designer and a character designer who created um, the the two heroines of the game. I came up with the idea of creating a a bit of a tribute, like a tribute movie poster version of the River City Girls in a desperately seeking Susan type of way. And people are still liking that photo. I'm um, liking that uh, picture. Uh, I still I, like just today, just to, like literally just this morning, I got a notification of people still clicking on it. And I think I did that like uh, like a year or two ago. And people are still clicking on that. And I know I did it from a year or two because in that the old select start logo is on air and I don't longer use that logo anymore. So I still think it's awesome. It was uh, I really is one of my favorites because I was able to do that. And I on air said desperately seeking Cuneo and Ricky because that was the pretty much the premise of the game is that they're, you know, they're rescuing um, the River City uh, guys in there. And it was just uh, it was just perfect. So I, it's one of my favorites. I absolutely love it. I'm looking forward to this game. Um, and I, I bet rest assured, I'm going to do my best to get those guys back on and this time in video form and have a whole entire presentation with them on air. Because if you haven't played River City Girls, the first one yet, I highly recommend you to do so. And also, they're also coming out with River City uh, Girls Zero, which is a bit, of, I believe is a playoff of their original River City um river city ransom game from japan but they are bringing it to the states and they're adding the river city girls with it as well so it's gonna be a lot of great fanfare for this game i i love it i've played quite a few um kunio Khan games i actually own the anthology that they came out with a while ago but you know in terms of gameplay and games uh control scheme they don't mesh as good but and i wish they would come out with the super nes versions of those games too but which they are for zero they are kind of doing it with zero, but River City Girls, in terms of just look, in terms of character design, um, everything, gameplay, the controls are fluid. They're fun. They're easy to, you know, control. They don't feel heavy, you know, on, on my hands and everything. It, I, just, I enjoy it so much. And I just, I was immediately into this game. So I look forward to that. All right, let's get into my year end stats i didn't know that this was a thing and i guess nintendo started doing this and i'm sure if you're a nintendo um owner of the switch or the switch oled you're gonna get this as well you probably got it in a, in the on your email but they send you stats year uh year in review stats of everything that you played to from the most game uh the most played game of the year to how many hours uh you put in to how many games you played can't speak for everybody else because I invested and reviewed a lot of these games. So let's go with the most game played. And I was actually surprised at this, but then I know understand why this was. I just didn't know this was going to be the game that was considered the most played. Neo, The World Ends With You is the most played game I played this year with 99 hours. Had no idea. Had no, I mean, I put a lot of time into this game and it was worth it. It was a great game. One of my favorites this year absolutely and i think i did actually put it in as one of my favorite games this year so far but it may also end up being one of my top one of my top 10 uh games of 2022 as well obviously it's 99 hours for god's sake but it wasn't 99 hours of of a bad game experience because i don't 
you know, truth be told, I would not spend 99 hours playing a bad game. <laughs> I should tell you right there. But as as far as the hours played in general, 1,348 hours played on the Nintendo Switch. Wow. I, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I love gaming. What could I say? I'm pretty sure there has to be people that has played more hours than I have, depending on what game it is, whatever. I hoping it is. I don't under, I don't know if it's based on the fact that I also played 97 games this year. Apparently, I don't see the problem with that right there. I don't think I I don't think I bought 97 games this year. It is no way. Even the smaller ones. I don't know. I would have to really because, you know, it's, I got to do some inventory this, you know, when it, uh, in January anyway. So I got to look back at these games to see how many did I actually buy? I don't know if they're adding the, the games that I bought this year and played or just in general that I played because I mean, if that's the case, then like I got to look at that and list all of 97 games, but it could be also just games that I've played in general from January, 2021 to now. So that could be the case too. I don't, I really don't believe that I bought 97 games in one year, not, not in combined, not just from Nintendo. Cause I also got some, uh, PlayStation five games as well. So I, I just, I just don't, I just don't believe I'm, I'm thinking that it's just going to be in, com in combination of all, just games played throughout the year. I wish they explained it a little bit more, but that's what it is. So that's my life people. <laughs> what can I say? Be really interested to see if anybody else got this stats too and see if they matched mine or gotten over. So we'll see. We'll find out for sure. All right. I'm pausing because I'm trying to figure out how to say this without getting too pissed off. Netflix. Netflix is attempting to make a live action Mega Man movie. This announcement made after the network canceled Cowboy Bebop canceled Cowboy Bebop after its first season, despite people actually liking it and reviewing it and, and really, and really digging it. They absolutely, I, I, I came out of this despite the fact that they took liberties with these series. I had no problem with this series. I had no trouble with the, with, with the direction that they went. I don't know if Netflix were just listening to the minority, the vocal minority of online trolls that were just going to hate on it just for the simple fact of hating on it. I don't know to what extent that is, but they canceled it. And I, it's sad. I love, uh, I love chose, you know, portrayal of it. I loved everybody's portrayal Loved the fact that they were giving us more of their character and of the character development of it. I don't know, but this is not the first time they've canceled and gave up on a series. This will not probably be the last. Now we find out that Mega Man is in the works. The project is very early in development, but it is said to be on its way. According to IGN. I'm at this point, if you know, they're like, they remind me of DC comics or DC films, I should say, where DC films strong point and their strongest point is their comic series and their animated series with the exception of 
injustice. I don't know what, what, what they were thinking doing, going the direction they went with that, but their animated series from the original Batman animated series to Superman to Justice League and recently Young Justice, that is DC animation and Warner Brothers animation strong points. They, they need to stick with that, but they're still trying to put some stronghold and the Hollywood development and the live action development that is being dominated by Marvel Studios and Disney. They've screwed up so many live action films and the one that I feel like they got right, they canceled because they got cold feet. I hope that somehow, some way people petition for that show to come back because at least give us the second season to see where this was going. I mean, it was crazy, but I digress. Now we're getting Mega Man, a live action Mega Man, not like a CGI version, which I would have referred to. I don't know what the hell they're thinking of doing a live action Mega Man movie. I would love to see what Mega Man thinks of that. Um, maybe I need to text him and like, uh, yeah, what's your thoughts on this? <laughs> you know? I don't know, man. I, I, I just can't. And they're also, uh, for, don't forget people, they're also working on um, One Piece as well. They gave up on Cowboy Bebop and they're working on One Piece. How much more faith are we going to have in Netflix in terms of this? Like Netflix's strong point right now in terms of fandom and the, in, in, in the, when it comes to the four letters that this show goes by, their biggest asset right now is their anime library. Their anime library is absolutely outstanding. You know, they have original anime. They got exclusive anime that they have now. I just say stick to that because that's where you're doing good trying to do live action and all this stuff just didn't do it for you. It just, and the even worse part going back to Cowboy Bebop is that we got to see Ed at the very end. And as if they were, and it, I, I know I got a feeling that that entire studio is, is in odds with each other right now because of that decision, because the showrunner even said that they had heated arguments about when to premiere Ed. But at the same time, he was, he, on in the interview, he was like, you know, cross your fingers that they'll give us another season. So like, you're really not sure. And you, and you really risk doing that. That was a dumb move. At least if you had Ed during the, maybe the fourth episode, like he was supposed to be, or, or the fifth or sixth episode, like he was supposed to be, at least you could get him established. So I, I feel bad for him because he's a showrunner. You know, he makes the decisions of what goes in what, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, that's, that's horrible, man. It is horrible. I feel bad for the cast and crew who put that together, but it is. And now we're getting a Mega Man movie. I don't understand how they're doing this or what they're doing is if they mess this up, if they don't invest in this, they don't support this better than what they did with these other ones. I'm done with Netflix and in in, in live action films I, I or series for that matter. I'm done with them. They they're this is why Disney Plus is probably winning. OK, <laughs> that's that's pretty much the gist of it. So we'll see. I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, not in the not in the way that I should at best. All right. Real quick. Um, 
I am on a G4 kick since they have come back. I love that network. I am so happy for that network is back. And now I'm starting to see some things that I've been asking about since we talked about the return of this network and what I really wanted to see and love. Um, X-Play is doing a great job. They changed their format around. It's no longer the same type of format that it was before because now there's more than just Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb. There's also uh, the Black Hokage. There's also uh, Frosk who's in there. I love Frosk. I love them all. I love them all to be honest. But Frosk, I think is the real star of the show. Uh, Adam Sessler second. Um, Hokage and then the completionist is probably, you know, the four, but they're all really good at what they're doing. And you can tell they're still learning too. I think Frost really has it down pat. I think she's just so comfortable in what she does. Um, Hokage and, and the completionist, uh, I think they're still trying to get, cause they're not used to doing this type of format. So they, they're, they're, they're guys who would actually normally be online doing things and, do, and doing things pre-production but not in a way that like this is the real deal now but it, they're really doing fine i think they're just going to get better as the time goes by when they get comfortable with it so especially reading the teleprompter as well reading teleprompters is it's it's not as easy as people think it's just not you gotta you gotta really get adjusted to reading teleprompters and practicing those lines and being able to read those lines off you know is is uh good as you can and make it sound convincing so uh i've seen i've seen people i always wonder how well how would i do because i have if i i have notes that i do every time when i do this show or when i do interviews and it's right in front of my face on my screen but it's not in a way it's not in a way where i have to read every single line off sometimes i do but a lot of times i just go off the hinge and sometimes you could tell that <laughs> so um but you know i i love the show I love what they're doing. I even love this recent episode, which I think right now may be the best episode that they've come out with recently. It was, and it was talking about the the legacy of uh, Bungie and went what they went through during their development of Halo Two. I had no idea that they went through so much to develop that game. Of course, I'm not an Xbox guy anymore. I used to own an Xbox 360. I think I owned two of them at one point, um, but I just. I couldn't, I just couldn't get into that, any of the games in that, in that world or whatever. It just wasn't for me, but I took a lot of things that I took from this. It's just like one for all those people who don't really understand, but always want to complain and always think that they know what the hell's going on or what they expect. Look at this episode and look at everything that these guys had to go through to get Halo 2 out because they did an awful lot to do. And I commend all of them for their, it's the headache that they went through to put this game together and the trials and tribulations and dealing with shareholders. They went through literally the same thing that Atari did when Steven Spielberg asked them that they need a ET game within a course of a couple days or a week or something. I forgot how many, but it was very short. And they decided to develop a undeveloped ET game that wind up being almost killing the entire industry and wind up in a minefield that old story and it was all because steven spielberg wanted a game quick fast in a hurry without him told like truly understanding how the game process works and they did the same thing with to, to it just felt like they just did the exact same thing to bungie as well so i tell you i commend bungie for what they did because they managed to get through it they got a whole new team now but that old team and what they went through and and the cause and effects of 
them developing it some of them lost you know uh marriages over it and you know mental health was on the line and stuff like that it's just, it was just insane um i i it really makes you think it really i'm so glad that adam sessler did this and covered it because even though i'm not an xbox fan i do respect game development companies and what they go through whether it be established companies like bungie or triple a or or indie you know developers like the gentle brothers or you know yacht club games and way forward or whatever these guys go through hell to make this and people get so many misconceptions of how these things work and sometimes you do understand i mean i don't get it i think fans do have it somewhat of an understanding of things that are going on going on within but there's also other things that you just don't know until you see it and until it's viewed and they got kudos to g4 because they got a ton i don't know if bungie gave them all this footage but they had a ton of footage of all the things that were going on during that time you know you saw like old footage from like the early 2000s with the old computers and everything just before flat screens and 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 and, and um smart tvs and all the stuff and monitors and everything. they went through so much stuff i highly recommend it's on you can watch the full episode on g4 on the g4 network which i think i don't know if every cable company owns or has the ability to have g4 i know comcast owns g4 um so it might just be xfinity and if you're not sorry for you <laughs> but um it, it's i think everybody whether you are a gamer who needs to understand how the game process works so you can stop crying on social media about certain things that you really don't do uh, understand to and i'm not saying that fans don't truly understand i like i, I would like cyberpunk fans had a right to complain about marvel avengers people are still complaining about as well as cyberpunk but marvel avengers constantly are making bugs and glitches because of the direction that they went and this one is a little bit more transparent you know in comparison to what bungie went through because bungie is not trying to nickel and dime you with everything well crystal dynamics is in square enix to that extent is trying to nickel and dime you and trying to do this online route so people can start forking in more money and everything meanwhile insomniac is giving away two new suits for free based on the spider-man no way home movie while crystal dynamics is trying to make you buy all these damn suits okay enough said i i, I digress but go out anyway I believe you can look at it on YouTube as well as um, online. There's like a nine minute video clip of of Adam Sessler talking about it on uh, Facebook on their platform. So you could go check it out there. I, I just I it just these are the type of things that I always like learning about is which is why I, I'm glad I have my show so I can talk to these developers and stuff like that. But I also because during the time we didn't have G4. So how else are we going to learn? okay but now i hope they keep doing these type of documentaries and type of and, and speaking about these histories because they're very important to the process they're extremely important to the process i even want them to bring back some of the old documentaries that they did for, you know during the last run of g4 because they were great like i i keep saying the documentary on tetris 
and how the developer came up with that and the stuff that he had to go through involving the KGB and Russia and all that stuff and how much he was hiding from the KGB because of this stupid game. No, I don't want to say stupid game, this legendary game. <laughs> but like, dude, no game is worth me getting having to run from the KGB or whatever. <laughs> um, but I mean, I want to see more of that. I think as fans, especially in this day and age, in this era of our, of this short attention society that we live in, full of pretentious people who act like they know about stuff. I, we need to have stuff like educational stuff like this so we can learn properly, so we can get a better understanding. So we had, we just show how people, cause we, I think we lost our way in wanting in, in, in the ability of wanting to actually learn and research and, and, and look at the past and invest in the history of things. I don't know where that stopped. I don't know if social media has any do it, anything to do with it. Whereas like people don't want, just want to figure it all out based on a headline rather than reading the entire article and didn't even going further to do that from there. But that's what people are doing today. And it needs to stop. We need to get back into the age of actually taking time and patience and learning and reading and, and researching. And, and watching these documentaries i mean these are great and i'm glad that they did that so go out anyway watch that it's um that it's, that's available now you can check it out on youtube i'm pretty sure um and g4 on a network as well so all right last thing i want to do is give my soft review it's not really going to be a soft review but let's just say a review of shovel knight's pocket dungeon uh yacht club games latest in the uh in the shovel knight series this is a roguelike dungeon crawling a puzzle RPG adventure that gives you that gives mostly you and other puzzle game fans a fresh new way to play. Uh, you know, everybody's trying to reinvent the will that is Tetris. And I I think Yacht Club Games has done a good job in this case. Shovel Knight faces the challenge of providing uh, provided by uh, Puzzle Knight, who sends him on an adventure as he finds his way out of the dungeon he's trying to free himself from out of this dungeon that he's uh got himself into so he has to tetris his way or dr mario his way out of the dungeon and enter each stage go through a few boss fights and everything it's pretty fun it's confusing at first but once you start just playing it and delving into it you start to get an idea of how things work you will have to fight your way through hordes of enemies in tetris dr mario like fashion the game uh to me it, it gives a little bit of shades of puzzle quests dr mario and other innovative tetris like games poyo poyo maybe you know it, it has those vibes it has those innovations in there and um with all the all of the ingredients used in the shovel Knight series everything that you love about shovel Knights, but just in puzzle form this time um uh, and what i love about yacht club games and it when it comes to the puzzle night series because they do other stuff too they did cyber uh shadow as well but when it comes to the puzzle night series they're doing exactly what nintendo does and is keep their their intellectual property fresh mario there's a different type of mario it's not just the same mario going through stages in a 2d um side scrolling platform it's mario having in a board game it's mario doing sports it's mario doing something else it's mario in a fighting game or a melee fighting game you got mario and luigi and the others doing so many other different things it keeps them fresh i wish and i can't wait to this new sonic game that uh that this is this open world sonic game that we're coming out with because 
I know they did Sonic Racing and all the stuff, but it just never, Sega's never been able to nail it down to something new. And we haven't had an open world, a truly open world Sonic like this ever. Probably the closest thing was Sonic Adventures for the Nintendo, for the uh, Sega Dreamcast is now playing on the PlayStation now and other uh, platforms as well. Um, but that was close to the, that's as close to the open world or open stage as we got, but now they're getting open world, but Shovel Knights also gets credit for doing that as well. They have now a puzzle game. They have a melee fighter of their own, <laughs> excuse me. Um, and then they have other, you know, type of puzzle night games that they have with other characters in, in the universe. So I'm really happy. I'm really happy with this one. The object of the game is that you have to take out enemies and bricks and break bricks while retrieving keys to unlock chests and eventually a door that'll uh, let you travel to the next stage and get closer to uh, closer to your way out of the dungeon. When the when opening the chest, you will begin to uh, receive new items that will help you. You enter stores that you can buy items that will help level you up for that point in time. And you earn a lot of money along the way that allows you to get these extra items as well. You start with shovel, but as you go deeper into the game, you will unlock other characters uh, you run into as well because you'll fight them as boss characters first and then you unlock them. You can, uh, so far right now, it's up to 10 characters in there. So uh, that's awesome. And then when you go back, you can pick, you could choose another character to play and go out into the field and have fun. And each, um, character you use has a unique ability as well so it's a different way to play the game every single time so that's what keeps it fresh the game also allows you to play uh the way you want with options that'll let you configure the game to be a little bit more easier so you can learn how to play the game or be challenged uh once you fully understand the the uh the capacity of the game and in the way it plays because it again it, it gets it's a little confusing at first but once you figure it out, it's really a lot of fun to play. So while the game is quite entertaining, the adventure story mode is a tad short, yet it provides you with enough replay value that you will enjoy for quite a while, especially because of the fact that you're using other characters to go into the dungeon and find your way out and, and uh, lead your way to the uh, puzzle night, which is the final boss of the game anyway. So. And it's a really fun story told with that one too. At best, it is a great pickup and play uh, title while you're on the road. Like I would, this is definitely like if you're in a train ride going home for the holidays or something like that, this is a really quick, you know, pick up and play game to check out and enjoy. You can also uh, play other modes like versus mode where you could play against somebody or you could play the computer as uh, the AI characters as well and compete with them. Uh, two player competitive mode and much more. So overall, while not the best and most intuitive uh, puzzle game I've ever played, I'll give that nod to, um, what is the game? Uh, uh, I, 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 puzzle Quest is probably the best puzzle game I've ever played. Uh, uh, and I would say second to that will be Battle Chef as well. I've, I'm forgetting, I think that's the name of the game that I played. Um, but uh, it's it's a really awesome, fun game. Uh, I just love the way to keep refreshing the IP here, the intellectual property for those who don't know. And 
It is awesome. I am still looking forward to them developing the um, Shelvanite's Dig. I, I, that's what I really want to play the most. That's a game that they've been working on. I hope they're still working on that because that is uh, playing off of uh, Steam World Dig. They're playing off of that one, but using Shelvanites for that. And I love the Super Nintendo or the Super NES or Super Famicom graphics with that. They're, they're going up to 16-bit with that game. So I am eagerly anticipating playing that game from yacht club games but overall love the game it's very good and playable if you're a fan of shovel knights oh i will say this the only negative i do have right now and i don't know if this is something that's going to come later this game has an amiibo ability or an ability for you to use an amiibo i actually have the shovel knights amiibo and for some reason it's not allowing me to use it i don't know if they they have unlocked it or if it's coming later with an update it's not a big deal because you can still get through the game without it but i mean if you're using the amiibo process and the fact that i can't use it now here's the thing i have a bunch of different amiibos and shovel knights just happen to be one of them i've used the other amiibos figures and they do react to it but even though it's not the right amiibo they're i'm i don't know if they're looking for a brand new amiibo for shovel knights or if they're coming out with one or if it's just they're just waiting to unlock it but i use my shovel knights amiibo and it doesn't work for some reason so i don't know what you're supposed to get out of it or whatever but maybe an update later or something like that maybe it'll work we'll see but otherwise it doesn't take away from the enjoyment of this game at all so if i'm going to give this a grade it'll be a solid b so there you have it and if you're a shovel knights fan add this to your collection you're guaranteed to enjoy it just like you did the rest so folks that will do it for this portion of the show we're going to take a break come back and when i come back i'm going to review life is strange true colors and we're going to talk about this because i think this is a game that everybody i mean i and i mean everybody who's going through any type of trial and tribulation in life needs to check out so we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live!
course, you have reached the final stage of this program, and I am here to review Life is Strange, True Colors, available in all consoles. It is an award-winning narrative-based adventure where you play the character of Alex Chen, who was recently found by her older brother, Gabe Chen, after years of searching for her in the foster care system. The two were separated after her father died in a horrible accident in a minefield located in the small town of Haven Springs. Alex has the ability of an empath, uh, secretly has the ability of an empath, I should say, which allows her to absorb and manipulate the emotions of others, uh, which is something that she has a hard time trying to hone at this time, while she's also trying to adjust to this new life at uh, Haven Springs with her brother. Things don't get any better for her when her brother also is killed in an accident that is believed to be a part of a cover-up by a major company that pretty much runs the town. Alex, along with uh, friends in Haven Springs, go out of their way to find out the truth while discovering much more than they bargained for. So that's pretty much the premise of the story. I got to say this. I've really enjoyed this. I you know, I never played any of the Life is Strange games before. Um, I never was drawn to any of the Life is Strange. I, I thought I knew about some of the, the other two games that came out before it. Uh, but for some reason, this one just stuck out to me. And I was like, I like the premise. I like her. I like the fact that she's an empath, and I know why that they made her an empath. And it kind of plays along what's going on today with people's mental health and what they're going through. So I wanted to see how they went about with this game and how they portrayed it. And I thought they did a beautiful job. And I thought they did a they did their homework. They did their homework greatly. I love the fact that they have the her uh, empath powers in the game, which each emotion comes up with a different color and i'm pretty sure those colors are actually based on the psychological colors um and if you don't know about that in psychology there's a color scheme that detects how you feel when looking at the color if you look at red you're angry if you look at a certain other color in fact uh let me see if i can look that up real quick because i think it's important and we learned this i i learned this when I was in college in studying uh, art and design. So psychological colors, here we go. So I want to look at this and basically each color, this is why in, in, and here's a tip for those who don't know in graphic design in multimedia, when you, when they do promotions and they do certain things and certain products are made, there's this, there's a strategic side to it. Certain colors attract a particular demographic, a certain psychographic, if you will, as well. Those Louis Vuitton pumps that, that every woman loves that get with the rip with the red, uh, you know, bottom that was meant to attract a man because men are attracted to red apparently. And the designer knew that and ran with it. And that's, and they, and not only did they own that color because it's a, it's a particular Pantone color of red. It really does attract and the colors, the color scheme, the psychological color schemes here, red excitement, strength, love, energy. So men are mostly attracted to that. Orange is confidence, success, bravery, uh, sociability. So they kind of, ha they have that as well. Yellow, which is a color that you also see in the, in the, uh, in the game, because when people are happy, they have this uh creativity happiness warmth closure so they really did like whenever whenever alex or alexandra and is her full name whenever alex is trying to make somebody feel better and they start to feel better 
the glow, the aura around them changes from pink or purple to yellow, more like pink because pink is compassion, sincerity, sophistication, and sweet. Uh, and it's also blue, which is, you know, also, um, plays a factor in it too. And when they get angry, there's also this, they, it goes, you know, red. So these all play into these factors in the game. And I thought they did a really great job doing that as well. Um, the other thing they did too is, you know, really engaged you into each character, not just the main characters, but also other characters in the game who all have their own situation going on. Um, let's go beyond Alex because Alex is trying to, you know, grasp her own situation along with other people's situation because of the impact. So it's hard. She's going through the foster care system, you know, nonstop. She had her own trial and tribulations, but also she's experiencing all these other situations as well. And her empath powers are unstable right now. And because of that, people don't know how to handle her. And she ends up, you know, getting older and people don't want her and she turns 18. So she's on her own, but Gabe finally finds her and ends up going into, you know, having her, uh, her stay with him when growing up, they also had situations with her father, Gabe and, uh, and his father, John used to argue a lot and all the stuff. And when their mother, Wendy died, it really created a dysfunction within that family, which then Alex was just absorbing it all in. So you had that aspect of it, that dynamic to it as well. You got the Lucan family with Ryan and Jed and Anne. Uh, that's a part of it as well. Anne was, I believe it was no longer with them either. So it was just Jed and Ryan. I won't say too much because I'll spoil anything that's going on, but there's a lot of twists and turns going on. But, you know, Ryan plays a part. He befriends Alex as well. Depending on your decision, he goes a different route regardless. And then you have um, Harmon, who's um, the Harmon uh, Lambert family, who's Charlotte, who um, is the boyfriend of Ryan. Uh, I'm sorry, Gabe as well, who ends up dying as well. And then she has our son, Ethan, that, you know, is a part of the thing, too. And, you know, it's a whole thing. They got their own situation. Charlotte has her own uh, situation. Ethan has his own situation, emotional you know, scars and everything. And Charlotte has her own emotional scars. Um, the, the Leith or Lith family with Eleanor and Raleigh, they got their own situations going on. Eleanor, I, I will talk about this right now. This is deep because this is deep. And as a person who used to work for the Alzheimer's association, I always find it heartwarming to see so much attention to detail being put in a video game when talking about the situation and Eleanor, in the game has Alzheimer's and how they depict it is really, really, I thought it was awesome because you got Alex who's going through this, she's using her empath powers to try to figure out what she's going through in the mind of somebody with who's suffering through a form of dementia. So they have all these things going on with her mind because, you know, dementia is a decline of the, the is a neurological decline. And Alzheimer's is a is a, a a deep decline of um of your mind. So they put this artistic depiction of what goes on when she tries to go deeper into the mindset of Eleanor, and it's really well done. For those who don't really understand what a person goes through in in Alzheimer's, I mean, you can never really truly know, but this kind of gives you somewhat of a artistic idea, and it you do playing this game come off with some sort of empathy 
the game, I, I you know, it's, it's funny, uh, watching Breaking Bad, and I, this is relatable to this, Breaking Bad became an addiction to me because the minute that I watched the first episode, I was definitely intrigued by Walter White and his journey, and it become it became as addicted or addictive as the drug that they were selling, as the, the gray matter that they were selling. This kind of does the same thing. This right here had to me, it, 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 it allowed you to, they did a great job developing empathy within whoever plays the game. And I really love it. And then you got the citizens of Haven Spring, you got Steph, who are really one of my favorite characters in the game and, you know, really good dependable friend to both uh, Greg and uh, Alex in the game, or Gabe and Alex in the game, I should say. And um, you also have Diane who who works for the company. And there you got Ducky, you got Mac, who is a haywire. <laughs> he is a hothead, to say the least. And you got Pike, who's the um, deputy of the town, too. And it's just all these really cool characters in here that plays a role in all of this. Like they're, they're, every character in here has value in some form or fashion. And I thought they did a great job with that. Um, so let's talk about the pros and the cons of this game uh, in here too. So um, beautiful character models and art style that really plays in. I love the look of Alex. I feel like she really felt real uh, in this game. The, narr the narrative and presentation uh, was very familiar to fans of Greg Berlanti and the in any CW drama that you that he's ever produced like i watch a lot of you know because i watch the flash and you know um arrow and legends of tomorrow and all the stuff but also riverdale and all those other things that he does he does a lot of shows um and this is really this is very greg greg berlanti here so if you're a fan of those cw shows you will find it really interestingly good here because it, it hits all the marks there's drama there's emotion and there's a message, a, 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 I would say, I want to say, I want to be, say liberated message, but there's a message that embraces equality. There's a lot of that in here as well. And those are a lot of things that, that Greg Berlanti embraces in his shows that he produces and the writers that produce it as well. So I don't know if any writers from that, from the CW or Berlanti productions is a part of this, but it does. I mean, much like any Berlanti show. This game draws you in the life of Alex as you dive right into the infectious journey of emotions that she goes through and other people on the show. And, and the, I said the show and the game goes through, um, you know, Erica Mori, who um, plays Alex Chen. I found her to be such, you know, her, her character of Alex to be such a warm and relatable character in that you will want to be by her side as a friend or as even a lover as well. And, you know, that option is up for grabs in the game as well. Um, I've, you know, me working and in like, if you're in South, if you're in uh, Philadelphia, I used to work in South Street, you know, in the 90s and like the uh, in 99 to 2000. So, you know, if you guys remember back then, South Street was like one of those, if you're, if you're, if you're from New York, you're probably um, related to the village, if you will. It was a lot of, you know, worldly, you know, cool expressionate people with their own stories and, and own um, cultures as well. And just an amalgam of different cultures coming together. And I used to work at an art store and I used to come across people just like um, Alex. 
and I'll be able to kick it because they went through their trial and tribulations and we were able to understand what we were going through with each other's stories and all this stuff. So we had friends like that, that we were in while we were working in the, in this neighborhood and whatnot. It was, you know, we, we all understood it was a Kevin, it was like a Kevin Smith world <laughs> to some extent too. Uh, so it, was, it has that, it has that gig. So I really dig her portrayal of Alex. I felt really warmed up to it. I've really got into that character a lot. Um, and I kind of based my decisions on what I would do as opposed to also what she would do as well. So much like any narrative based uh, adventure from Telltale, you will see your results at the end of uh, at the end to see how many people uh, sided with you on your decisions as well. And I always like that because it's like a big sociological experiment that, you, you know, doing it makes you think about your decisions and what other people are thinking and what the other and what other people are, you know around the world of you know would do as well i always love games like this very memorable um that it's it's like a very warm warmable and uh that you will warm your heart during the good and the bad times of this game um i talked about the dementia scene um and there's an extra story that you can play as Steph once you beat the game as well. And, it, and they will charge you an extra fee for it. And I actually will get that. Cause I, I, I guess they made it so you could like Steph. I mean, there's a decision whether you want to, or of who you want to have some sort of a relationship with. But I felt like Steph was a great partner for Alex. Like as a couple, they fit off much better than the other choices that you had in the game. Uh, but Steph, I really enjoy. I really thought that Steph and Alex together were a good couple and a good combination. So I love the character Steph in here. She's a DJ. She I, another person that I feel like I I'm probably can relate to and have met in real life, you know, in the real world. So this game does a great job focusing on the real world emotion with a subtle focus on various forms of mental health and stress that people go through in a normal day basis. Um, the only con that I had for this game uh, is that some scenes were, through, uh, some scenes throughout the game, I should say, were a bit clipped and choppy. However, it didn't take away, and it wasn't many. I think I've spotted three, three times out of the whole entire thing, um, but it didn't take you out of the overall experience in the game. And uh, you know, I. I'm pretty sure a patch will fix that in no time. You know, if you play through the if they play through the game again or somebody say that, it wasn't that big of a deal. And it, I played it on a Nintendo Switch and it played really well. I'm pretty sure it plays ultra um, ultra well on all the other uh, systems and consoles as well. But I enjoyed every bit of it. There's a lot of twists and turns in the game uh, as you go deeper into the rabbit hole. That is really really great and. I, you know, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this game. I knew there was a reason why I wanted to pick this game up and it didn't disappoint at all. I loved it. I think everybody who has any type of situation going on in their world, mental health wise, you know, stress, even dementia probably needs to check this out. I, I honestly, not people Well, I was most likely say the caregivers. I would not recommend a person with Alzheimer's to really see this because you know, from experience, like you don't want to put something like that in front of people's face because a lot of people who are developing dementia, they often have, they're scared. They don't know how to handle it. They try to hide from it. They don't want to recognize it or they don't want anybody to recognize it. 
you have to approach that differently. Playing this game will not work. But if you're a caregiver, if you're a family member who is trying to understand with, you know, not only just people with dementia related symptoms are going through, but just people in general, this game does a great job for it. Uh, this is Square Enix has been a very interesting company in 2021. You got Marvel Avengers, which was a struggle of enjoyment or a struggle to reach such enjoyment. You got Guardians of the Galaxy, which came out of nowhere and didn't end up being even a more solid game than Marvel Avengers in every way by not doing everything that you were, they were doing with that game. And then you got True Colors. True Colors is just a beautiful game in itself. And it's a beautiful story told. And I really, I recommend everybody checking this out. And because of that, and because of the way it came out and how they put this together, I give this a solid A for my grade for this game. So go out of your way, check out True Colors, uh, whether you, whether it's now or when it ever goes on sale or whatever like that, it's worth it. It is just an awesome game. Alex Chen, one of my favorite characters this year, she, she just, she knocked it out of the park. Um, Shout out to everybody involved in that. And they, this, I understand why they won the awards. They won at the game awards as well. So there, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this edition of select start. Thank you for taking the time to check this show out this Sunday, our 300 episode, 300 episode. We are going to review Spider-Man no way home. I have avoid all look at all possible looks of any spoilers right now we still got tomorrow because i'm going on a saturday in the evening if you're listening to this and you're part of the acmg facebook group that post will be going up at 6 p.m eastern standard time 3 p.m pacific standard time so stay tuned for that and you will be able to blurt it all in that one area where people who have to play at their own risk if they didn't watch the movie but i'm giving people a chance to get a chance to watch it i want to hear everybody's thoughts when that con- when the time comes and then i will review it on sunday along with other things um including the big explosive reveal which may actually connect to spider-man no way home um no way home by the way because the connection that we've been waiting for since 2018 has finally arrived in this recent episode of hawkeye we got to talk about that along with spider-man no way home the witcher is out today so you were probably i'll probably talk about that briefly as well amongst other things but also we're going to talk about the celebration of the acmg facebook group reaching its 10th year 10 years of acmg the one that started this whole entire thing that started this podcast and everything that goes along with it so we'll talk about that as well and uh much much more so uh after that we will be off for christmas and new year so we'll be off a two-week hiatus and hopefully everything we back and we'll including tumblr who is still working on this new stuff i don't know if they're just waiting i've contacted them so many times people but they haven't fixed that situation as of right now all you can do is just click on that link that suspicious looking link that it is a link that'll let you listen to the show and in every show and you can check it out there or you could go into their app and listen to it um, there or you could check out all the other platforms as well like talktimelive.com uh you could go on there and check out all the episodes and listen to it on our official website 
If you want to subscribe and download the series as well of shows and interviews, you can also check out Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, and if you want to, uh, the Tumblr on your browsers as well. I, they are, I do know that they're working on a whole entire new user interface for the, for the browsers and all the stuff. So maybe they're just holding out until the new year's hopefully, but we'll, we will see. We will see, but stay, just stay there, stay strong and keep us, keep supporting us along the way. Oh, I do have another source too. Fountain is another new source that I'm in too. Not only you could go on air, but you can also support the show by, you know, contributing, I believe, uh, cryptocurrency as well in there so it's a new format that we're checking out and trying out so i still playing around with that but where are we are on fountain as well so if you listen to podcasts on fountain you could check it out there and uh you know we we're everywhere and anywhere at this time so stay tuned for that and much much more but folks thank you again that'll do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out of here take care and talk to you guys in our 300th episode Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.